welcome aboard to a very special edition of State Lines. Let's call it a super edition of State Lines as we are focused on Super Bowl 55 between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs. I'm Jason Gotch, joined as always by my co-host John Spataro. And John, some great storylines in this game. You've got Tom Brady playing his first season outside of New England. He gets his new team at 43 years old to a Super Bowl. You've got Patrick Mahomes, one of the best, if not the best young quarterback in the league, maybe the best quarterback overall. He's trying to win a second consecutive Super Bowl. You've got the Buccaneers, the first ever team in 55 Super Bowls to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium. So this game on Sunday should be a lot of fun. And we'll get into the nuts and bolts of the game, give you the odds in the contest, our thoughts on the side, the total. But as we get going here, I think the best way to start it off, and I think John agrees, let's go heavy into what I know so many people enjoy, and that is... The listing, and boy, there's pages and pages and pages of Super Bowl props. But John and I, prior to the show, picked some of our favorites. So, John, I'm going to turn it over to you right now with one of the props to start it off. And this this is one. It's a little bit wacky. We're going to start the show with some of the wackier ones that get into some of the more nuts and bolts game-oriented props. But how about this one, my friend? How many commercials in the Super Bowl will have a dog in them? Over four and a half commercials, under four and a half commercials. Woof, woof, what do you think? Wow, you're coming out with just a real fan favorite. I mean, this is truly, uh, I would say this is one of the most popular Super Bowl prop bets that I have known of for quite some time. I mean, up there with the coin toss and a couple others that I'm sure we'll get into before the end of the show. But this one, uh, I think I'm going to be inclined to go over on. And here's my logic. It's been a tough year, ladies and gentlemen. There have been a lot of ads out there about, you know, staying in, staying at home, uh, you know, just struggling through this unprecedented year. It's just been tough all the way around. I think America is really going to need some bright spots in this Super Bowl. I don't think it's going to be doom and gloom, which you see from time to time. I mean, there are times where there's like a shocking ad during a Super Bowl where it's really depressing and people talk about it for weeks because it's, you know, they're, they're tugging on your heartstrings and they're trying to get a message across i don't think this is the place to do that because of what's happened in the past oh 12 months now so i think that they're going to ramp up the sentimentality if that's a word i think they're going to try and play into the happiness of a a puppy running through the snow or the clydesdales I, i think budweiser did actually announce that they won't be having the clydesdales this year already so that may be something to look at but overall i'm going to go with the tone of this super bowl is going to be overwhelmingly positive the ads are going to be about you know the future how how strong we've become because of this past year and i think that that lends itself for lots of dogs lots of cute shots maybe a lot of kids you know just overall a a positive vibe i don't think we have any more time for doom and gloom let's get a move on with some happy thoughts and there's no better way to do that than uh stuff some dogs into some ads even if they don't belong John, I couldn't agree with you more. I think this is the easiest bet on the board. Nobody wants to get political. Nobody wants doom and gloom. And especially with being uh, anything you say can offend half the country right now just because everybody is so sensitive. One thing everybody loves, dogs. Take the over four and a half. All right, what color liquid will be poured on the game-winning coach? You got red, you got orange, you got lime, green, yellow, clear water, Blue, purple. What do you think here, John? Who's the Gatorade bath? What color liquid will be poured on the game-winning coach? 
Well, uh, you know, I, I try to make some sort of logical guess on this one, and it really comes down to, I'm assuming, an equipment manager or an assistant coach or a trainer who fills up these things on the sidelines. So if I'm looking at these, you know, the, the odds are kind of all jammed together. Red and orange seem to be the overwhelming favorites. If I'm going to play something on this, I'm going to go for the big bucks. I think purple, which, you know, is, is actually probably my favorite Gatorade flavor. I know nobody asked, but I, I really do uh, enjoy myself some purple Gatorade. Uh, that one's all the way up to plus 1300 at the sheet that I'm looking at. Hey, if I'm going to get rich off of what color Gatorade is being poured on somebody, I want to make sure I'm not leaving any odds on the table. So for that case and no other reason, I think I'm going to go with purple. It sounds fun. All right, John, I'm going to orange. I can't give away my logic on this one because I got to save it for later in the show, but I will tie it together. I promise everyone out there, you'll understand why I'm picking orange a little bit later on in the show. All right, here's one for you, John. Mark this one down. Here's an interesting one for you. When you look at this, will the MVP say Disney in their speech? Yes or no? Oh, this one's pretty good because, um, you know, it, there's a lot at play here. Obviously, it's a cliche at this point to say I'm going to Disney World after you win a Super Bowl or Super Bowl MVP, whoever they interview. Um, I, I think that maybe in, in some uh, circles it would be considered controversial to say that I'm going uh, on a trip. Uh, you know, with the pandemic and travel and you're kind of supposed to stay away from people, maybe they would err on the side of that, you know, not trying to offend anybody, like you said in the first prop we were talking about. But also Tampa's not too far from Orlando. You're already down there. Uh, it's what, a two or three hour drive uh, to head to Disney World and enjoy yourself. I would like this bet a lot more if the game was being broadcast on ABC or ESPN, which is obviously owned by Disney. But because it's on CBS, I don't think they're going to make uh, as much of an effort to get anybody to say the famous line. It probably will happen, but uh, not on the broadcast itself. It usually gets turned into like an ad uh, at some point after the Super Bowl. So I'm going to I'm going to go no on this one. I don't think we're going to hear that during the broadcast itself which I'm assuming is the parameters of this prop. I would like it more in the circumstances that I just outlined, but because the game's on CBS, because vacations are still kind of a gray area right now, should you be traveling? Should you be, you know, going uh, to places that isn't necessary travel? I think that could discourage some people from, you know, raising any flags with their post-game speech. So I'm going to say no. I, I think that we will not hear the words Disney on the broadcast after the game. I agree. I think maybe a generation ago you would have, and you're right, John, in the fact that you know Disney World is still a big part of the Super Bowl. But I think for this one pandemic era, we are not going to hear Disney mentioned. This is State Lines. We get the best pro football gambling information out there. He is John Spataro. My name is Jason Gotch, focusing in on Super Bowl 55 between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll get you our thoughts on that game a little bit later on, but we are having a lot of fun right now with our prop bets. And I got another one here, John, for you. And this one is right up our alley because we do a sports gambling show. So will the spread be mentioned on the CBS broadcast during the game by Tony Romo or Jim Nance? Yes or no? Will the spread be mentioned? And hint, hint, this would be the easiest bet on the board, even easier than the dogs if Al Michaels was doing the game because we know he loves talking sports gambling. But what about Nance and Romo? Yeah, you're right. You need a little bit of context here because 
some platforms, some, you know, broadcasters have embraced gambling, you know, not necessarily uh, letting it overwhelm the broadcast, but either on their bottom line or in some parts of the pregame show, they, they do make mention to what the odds are. And, and even in a context of daily fantasy sports or fantasy football, we've, we've come a long way from the uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge references that Jason's talking about, uh, where Al Michaels used to say things like this game has become overwhelming or things like that when he was making a, a nod to a, a game going over in the total. Uh, I'm going to say no on this one. I don't think CBS is quite there yet. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think they've had any serious focus on gambling this year on any of their games. And uh, until they get a, a platform uh, set up where either they have a, a official sponsor or they have you know some sort of deal uh, with a, either a casino, a bookmaker, uh, a, an app um, to give them official lines, it's kind of a gray area when you when you get into who you're promoting and whose lines you're choosing to include. So for that reason, I'm going to say no. I don't think we're far off from that. Um, you know, maybe in a year or two, uh, the way we watch the Super Bowl, the way we watch March Madness, the way we watch almost all sports might be uh, unrecognizable to some because I do think the future is going to be very uh, betting heavy and, and inclusive if you're trying to play live bets or anything like that. So it, it's coming. It, it certainly is. If I could get like a futures on this bet, if are they going to say the line in the 2023, 4, 5 Super Bowl? I would absolutely say yes because I know that that's coming. Uh, but for this game, I, I just don't know enough about CBS's presentation. I haven't watched every game they've done this year to know if they fully embrace that or not. So I'm going to say no. Jim Nance is the most by-the-book old-school announcer of any of the three majors that are doing the NFL these days. Michaels would definitely mention it. Buck and Aikman might do so. But Romo and Nance, I don't think so. I'm with John. I'm saying no. They will not mention the point spread or total once during the game. National anthem, John. It's country star Eric Church, R&B artist Jasmine Sullivan. They are a duo. They are going to perform the anthem. The over-under for the national anthem right on the head, two minutes. Last year, I believe I won this one when I don't Oh, it was Demi Lovato and she went under. So what do you think? Over under two minutes for Church and Sullivan doing the anthem. Yeah, this is always a tough one. I, I challenge anybody who thinks about betting on this one to sit down and time out two minutes on their phone and even just talk through the national anthem and see how far you get. Because two minutes is a long time. But there are some things that come into play whenever somebody's singing the anthem. Usually there's a flyover or there's some sort of military display that can make it drawn out. You know, you, you hold that note as long as you can so the helicopter or the, the airplane flies over your head so you get the, the glamour shot uh, before the game. Uh, but I'm always a, a, really trying to play the under in this one. I, I just feel like you said last uh, year, Jason, Demi Lovato, I thought she had this big, booming, uh, beautiful voice that was going to carry her well over two minutes. And she ended up uh, doing it way under. So I don't know much about Eric Church or whoever else is involved in the performance, but I can't imagine that it's going to take much longer than it did last year. Uh, which would needed to, to go over. So I'm going to go under on this one. Um, I, I really don't like this bet, if, if I'm being honest. The prop, uh, it is a famous prop. Everyone loves it. But I think it's really just a, a judgment of if you know how long two minutes is. Because it, otherwise, it, it makes no sense. Usually uh, in a non-Super Bowl game, I think people get the anthem done in just over a minute or so. So you're asking it to increase by at least 100% to cover. Uh, don't like those odds. I'm going to go no. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. This is State Lines, our special Super Bowl 55 preview show from the gambler's perspective. Of course, the Buccaneers basically hosting the Chiefs on Sunday because the Bucs playing in their own stadium. We'll have more prop bets for you, including one of my all-time favorites right after this.
Great to have you aboard as we talk Super Bowl 55 between the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Kansas City Chiefs here on State Lines, where you get the best pro football gambling information in the state of Illinois. And a lot of our show today is not just on the game, it's on proposition bets because for many gamblers, and for many non-gamblers too, they like focusing on the props. And when you got pages and pages of props, you can always find some that you think you can win some money on. And in fact, some of them I think have really good odds to win some money. But this segment, we wanted to get away from the, the more fun, not necessarily game-oriented props to nuts and bolts game props, John Spataro. So, John, as I turn it over to you with our first prop, here's an easy one for you. I guess you got to pick a side. I don't know if it's easy who we know it's going to be, but pretty simple question. Which team will score first, Chiefs or the Buccaneers? Well, this all kind of ties into the coin flip. Um, you know, I, I don't know which team is going to be on the winning side of the coin flip, but I got to think that with both of these offenses, it it certainly swings in the favor of whoever has the ball first. Uh, I think I'm going to have to just throw out uh, the Chiefs in this one. Uh, they like to start hot, and, and they really do like to move the ball quickly. Um, you know, I, I always give it to Andy Reid to turn Patrick Mahomes loose on maybe a deep ball to – Tyreek Hill or something like that to open up the game. So uh, without really knowing too much, this is really so dependent on, like I said, who gets the ball, who's on the field, where the starting field position is. Uh, there's so much at play here. But if I have to pick one, uh, I'm really just picking who I think is who the, the hotter offense out of the gate. Uh, and I think that the Chiefs have more firepower to score you know, the first time they touched the ball in three or four plays. Tom Brady is a little bit more reserved at this point in his career, thrown a little bit more, uh, you know, shorter passes. He still can throw a great deep ball, but his offense is more around, you know, getting the defense out of position and picking spots for a big play, whereas Patrick Mahomes is down to throw the ball 30, 40, 50, 60 yards in the air whenever he wants, and he's got the weapons to on the field to do it, to, to go haul in those balls. So give me the Chiefs in this one. No real reason other than I think that uh, – they, they like to play that style more than uh, the Bucks do. Chiefs have the better offense, I think, by a lot. No disrespect to Brady and company. And the Chiefs can just score at any time. They're so explosive. you got to go Chiefs here. Who will have more passing yards, Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady? Oh, boy. This one is really, really tough because you got to think that if either of these quarterbacks are trailing late in this game, uh, it's going to be an all-on aerial assault to, to try and get back into it. I think they, both of these teams would have no problem abandoning the run game completely in the second half if they were trailing or if they had some ground to cover. So uh, I do not think that this is tied whatsoever to which team is going to win the game. Um, sometimes that's the case. You know, if Brady throws for 500 yards in a loss, I think that that's possible. And same for Mahomes. If, if one of these guys uh, has to throw the ball a lot because of the clock, or because they're down two scores in the fourth quarter or something like that. There's a lot of time for some garbage yards to be picked up and for just some, um, you know, uh, empty stats, if you will. There's there's going to be a, a lot of offense in this game. I think we can all agree on that one. The question is just going to be um, who's going to be converting most of those yards. Is it going to come through the air uh, for Mahomes, meaning, you know, Travis Kelsey going to have a big game, Tyreek Hill, um, or is it going to be uh, Rob Gronkowski and Antonio Brown and Mike Evans? So a lot of receivers on the field. I think that this has to be the best collection of skill players on both offenses in Super Bowl history. Feel free to fact check me on that one, but I can't imagine that there are more impact players on the field at one time than there are when uh, the Chiefs are on offense and when the Bucks are on offense. So certainly ripe conditions for a big night for both of these uh, star quarterbacks to throw the ball around. It's just going to come down to who needs to throw it more, because if you got a lead late, you're probably going to run the ball to try to clock the game. 
And uh, at that point, you kind of shut down uh, the passing yard. So if I have to pick, I think Andy Reid has shown, and he showed in the, the game a couple weeks ago against the Browns, he is not afraid to throw the ball in situations when you're not supposed to throw the ball. So I think because of that, Mahomes might have a slight edge just because I think that, uh, you know, Brady's done this before. He knows how to bleed out a clock when he's got a lead. I think he's okay with handing it off. I, I don't think Andy Reid has that in his system. I think he likes to keep his offense running at full speed at all times. So I think Mahomes has the edge here. I look at this one in a few different ways. First off, the Buccaneers have the better running game. So if the Bucs win, they're going to be able to run a little bit out on the Chiefs. They're not going to need Brady to do everything. So if the Bucs are winning, you would think that they do it with less Brady throwing the football and a more balanced attack. And Mahomes is going to have to throw the ball to get them back into the game, the Chiefs, that is. Whereas I think if the Chiefs are winning this game, one of the biggest reasons, if not the biggest reason why, will be Patrick Mahomes throwing the football. So I'm going to go Mahomes. I, I think he has more passing yards than Brady, no matter who wins this contest. Now, here's a good one for you, John. Let's talk about this one. Who will catch a pass first for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Chris Godwin or Mike Evans? Two very good receivers, although I think Mike Evans is in a different class. Um, I think he is one of the premier targets in the NFL, both in the red zone and uh, anywhere on the field. He is such a big uh, physical force. He's able to go up and get balls way over his head, to his left, to his right. I think they call that catch radius or something like that, where you just have such an ability to make completions when you throw the ball anywhere near him because his arms are so long, he's so strong. Um, so for that reason, I, I think I got to go with Evans. I think they got to get him involved early. Um, and they got to really make him a problem for the Chiefs defense. Chris Godwin, uh, you know, Scotty Miller, some of the the under uh, appreciated, if you will, receivers on the Bucks could end up have big could end up having big games. I think that happens a lot in Super Bowls. You see guys that you never heard of having uh, pretty big games because, you know, you have two weeks to game plan to shut down superstar receivers and you forget about some of the role players, um, you know, who are are a little bit. Uh, less unsung heroes. So um, there's a chance that, you know, Evans does get shut down or he, you know, doesn't have a huge game because the game plan is to keep him that way. Uh, but in this case, I think you got to open up the game with some quick routes to Evans, get the ball in his hands, get Kansas city used to looking for him on the field. No disrespect to Chris Godwin. He's just not, uh, you know, the, the game changing target that Evans is. I think it's going to be Godwin. He's got 14 catches in the postseason. Evans has 10. Both are great football players. But something tells me that with all the focus on Mike Evans for the reasons John said, and for good reasons, he's an outstanding game-breaking talent, I think they're going to get Godwin the ball first. So I'm going to go Godwin gets the first catch uh, between him and Evans for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This is State Lines, best pro football gambling information out there. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. John, let's go to the... Chiefs for this question, Tyreek Hill or Travis Kelsey? Who's going to catch a pass first? I got to go with my boy Travis Kelsey on this one. He is truly the workhorse, uh, premier workhorse at the tight end position in the NFL, and it's really not even close. He's going to be lined up, you know, in counter with Rob Gronkowski, who used to hold that title. But Kelsey has really firmly grasped the role of being the premier tight end in the NFL. And, and I really think by quite a large margin, the only one that maybe comes to mind is Darren Waller in Oakland. Uh, he had a great year, but he's obviously not playing in the Super Bowl. So uh, when it comes to this one, uh, Travis Kelsey just seems to get open. And Patrick Mahomes loves throwing him the ball from deep balls up the seam to quick outs to 
you know, first down converting catches to even those little shovel passes that they do uh, near the goal line. He's just a target uh, at all times. Tyreek Hill is a very dangerous weapon. He's one of the fastest guys uh, probably in NFL history and certainly in the league right now. Uh, but he has to be set up. You really have to get him on a full stride, deep ball route. Uh, to get him uh, where he wants to be. Kelsey can catch a ball anywhere. I think Kelsey's got the advantage here. I'm going Kelsey too. 1,416 yards receiving during the regular season, most in NFL history for a tight end. Travis Kelsey catches a pass for the Chiefs before Tyreek Hill does. John, the two-point conversion has been part of the NFL now for about a generation. I still remember watching the days when it was only in college football. So will either team attempt a two-point conversion, yes or no? I think this one is pretty uh, likely to happen. I think there has been a change lately in the NFL where uh, going for two is not necessarily the daunting task it used to be. Um, and specifically because there's some situations where you miss a field goal or, or excuse me, an extra point because it's been moved back as far as it has. We've seen more extra points over the years. We saw, uh, you know, a missed extra point in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago, I believe, uh, with the Eagles and the uh, Patriots. So if, if you go back on history, there's opportunities for two point conversions to come up all the time. If you have a weird set of scores, you know, if there's a, a field goal thrown into a run of touchdowns and you're trying to go up by eight or nine instead of just six or seven, uh, teams will go for it way more often than they used to. So for this one, I think there has to be at least one attempted. Uh, whether or not there's going to be one converted is another separate prop bet that I think is less likely because it is still hard to convert, though, the, the two yards, even though it's you know a short goal-to-go situation, but you only get one try. So I think there will be one attempted. There's always some sort of nonsense that happens where you get into a situation where it makes sense to go for two. So I think I'm going to put a, a decent amount of my prop bet bankroll on this one. I feel pretty confident that we'll see a two-point conversion, at least attempted. Look at the coaches. They're both offensive guys, Bruce Arians and Andy Reid. Both guys, especially Andy Reid, loves to play the role of river, riverboat gambler. I mean, this guy's throwing in, a, in an obvious rushing situation or, or a punting situation. He's throwing with Chad Henney, his backup quarterback, in that divisional playoff game late in the contest to beat the Browns. So, yeah, I, I think one of these teams will attempt a two-point conversion, if not do it more than one time. Will there be a defensive or special teams touchdown scored by either team, John Spataro? what do you got you know i used to completely disregard this one until uh what was it maybe six or seven years ago with the seahawks and broncos super bowl where peyton manning fumbled the ball and we opened up with a, a i believe a, a safety or whatever that the call was and and that you know just completely threw everybody's props up into the air when you open up a game with the safety i don't know what it is this year but it's usually like thousands uh, to one odds to, for a uh, safety to be the first score of the game. So anything can happen. The, the defense of the Buccaneers have been playing great lately in the playoffs. And I've always thought that the Kansas City Chiefs have a better defense that people give them credit for. Uh, but all in all, it, it's showtime for these two quarterbacks. I think they know how to take care of the ball. Um, it's hard to see a scoop and score fumble uh, in, in the Super Bowl. So I'm going to say no. I think this one's going to be played pretty straight. I mean, last week, I, I don't think Brady nor Mahomes threw an interception. So I think there's going to be more of that. It, it, it just doesn't seem like it's a good field uh, for uh, an interception. It is supposed to be raining, however. I don't think we've talked about that yet. Forecast may be a little bit of a muddy game in Florida, not unlike the one that the Bears played uh, against the Colts way back when in Jacksonville. So we'll see. Uh, a lot can depend on it, but for right now, I'm going to say no. Yeah, I'm going no here. I, I don't think it happens. When we come back, we're going to pick the game, break down the contest, and throw a few more props out there as well. It's State Line Sport right around the corner. 
We roll along on state lines. Great to have you aboard for our special Super Bowl preview show focusing on the props and the game. Super Bowl 55 down in Tampa on Sunday. The Buccaneers, first ever team to play in their home stadium in a Super Bowl. They'll be taking on the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll be looking to make it two Super Bowl championships in a row. He's John Spataro. I'm Jason Gotch. We'll pick the game here in a few minutes, but a few more props to squeeze into our program. John, what is going to happen first in this contest, a sack or a touchdown? Well, uh, a couple of things to consider here. The mobility of both of the quarterbacks, uh, the strengths of the offensive lines and the defensive lines. And if, if I'm going to have to go with this one, um, I think that we're going to see a sack before we see a touchdown. And here's why. I like the way that the Buccaneers defense looked against Aaron Rodgers, who is a much more mobile quarterback than Tom Brady, uh, probably on par with uh, Patrick Mahomes. But uh, Rodgers really is an escape artist when it comes to getting around the pocket and avoiding sacks. They managed to get to him a couple times in the NFC Championship game. Jason Pierre-Paul kind of having a little bit of a career renaissance. I actually think he would be an interesting play as a fringe MVP candidate he could make a huge impact on this game sack uh, Patrick Mahomes a couple times maybe a strip sack something like that just a thought he's probably way down the odds sheet and it'd be really historic for a defensive lineman to win a an MVP award in a Super Bowl with these two quarterbacks playing in it but uh, that's for another conversation but for this one specifically I think we're going to see a sack first um, these defenses I think both have pretty good uh, abilities to get to the quarterback and as for um, you know the the Chiefs uh, Brady doesn't move well at all anymore. So it's it's not incredibly difficult uh, to get him down once you get to him. He'll even go down for you to avoid taking a big hit. So because of that, I think, yes, uh, early in the first quarter sometime, we're going to see a sack. Uh, we might not see our first uh, touchdown until the mid-first quarter. So I think I'm going to go with uh, a sack happens first on this one. Yeah, I, I think John's right on that. I'm going to go with a sack as well. Remember, Mahomes likes to move around back there. There's a possibility on a, on a passing play. He moves around. The Tampa Bay line gets to him, and that would be a sack. And certainly Brady at 43 years old is not the most mobile guy out there, though the Bucks do have a really good offensive line. But I'll say sack before touchdown. All right, we're going to continue on with the props here. Go to the defensive side of the ball. Will either team record an interception, John Spataro? Only one team has to do it to win this bet. Uh, I think so. Uh, I, I think that, you know, although I said uh, both of these quarterbacks in the championship games did not turn the ball over, uh, I think that there has to be at least one tip ball, um, you know, some sort of nonsense where uh, the ball gets knocked around up in the air. Or it can happen. I, I know I said I don't think there's going to be a defensive touchdown scored, which usually uh, has to follow an interception in most cases. But in this case, I, I just feel like there's going to be at least one slip up and it could be the deciding moment of the game. Um, if one of the quarterbacks, uh, you know, doesn't hold serve, think of it like a tennis match. If you make an error uh, and the other quarterback doesn't, um, that can decide the game. And, and when you're playing with two top caliber quarterbacks like we are in this game, uh, those are usually the margins when it comes down to deciding a Super Bowl champion. So I'm going to say yes. I don't really want to say who. Um, I, I, I don't want to uh, predict one way or another, but I think that at the end of it all, there will be at least one interception thrown in this game. Yeah, somebody's getting picked. I think both quarterbacks probably get picked when all is said and done. All right, which team's going to have more sacks, Buccaneers or the Chiefs? Uh, like I said in the first prop of this segment, I think that it's got to be the Buccaneers. Uh, they really do have a fiery defensive line. They got to Aaron Rodgers a couple times in the uh, NFC Championship game. Like Jason Pierre-Paul, just as a force, 
um, knocking people around on the defensive end position. Uh, Eric Fisher, the former number one overall pick for the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, left tackle who's been there for many years, uh, will not be in this game. He blew out his Achilles in the championship game, the AFC championship game. So there will be a new crew on the offensive line for the Chiefs, not necessarily saying that they're going to fall apart and uh, become a screen door for all these guys to come and hit Patrick Mahomes. Uh, but that gives me enough reason to just think that despite Tom Brady's limited mobility, I think the Bucs are going to get to Mahomes more than the other way around. Yeah, and I'll add to that. I, I agree with that assessment. And I also think that when you think about Brady, he certainly is not mobile, but he does have a great release. And, and that Buccaneers offensive line is really good. I think that Patrick Mahomes gets sacked more times. So give me the Chiefs with more sacks. All right, when you look at the running backs, John Spataro, let's go to the Buccaneers first. Will Leonard Fournette score a touchdown? Well, they don't call him playoff Lenny for nothing. This guy was abandoned by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He had absolutely nothing going for him. They waived him. They couldn't even trade him. They just simply shipped him off. He was picked up late in the offseason, I believe even close, uh, if not after the first week of the season by the Buccaneers. Even though they had uh, Ronald Jones as their slated number one running back, they bring in Fournette, and since the playoffs have started, he has looked like a different player, looked like the player he was at LSU. And for that reason, I think that he's going to get the better of the rookie uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire in this head-to-head -head matchup. I think he finds his way into the end zone. Brady does not have a problem with handing off the ball when it gets down to the goal line, and I think that's where he thrives and where he would score. So give me Fournette scoring a touchdown. Let's talk about the game itself because that's that's the big bet out there. That's where the most money is going to come in. Buccaneers are getting three points in this one. The total is 56. Kansas City's minus 160 on the money line. Tampa comes back plus 40. Give us your thoughts. Break it down. Yeah, I thought long and hard about this game, and I really am excited for it. I feel like I said earlier in the program, this is absolutely the best uh, matchup in terms of quarterback versus quarterback or team versus team that we've seen in quite a while in Super Bowl matchups. We've had some upstarts. 49ers last year kind of came out of nowhere and just absolutely got outclassed by the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't think that's going to happen in this game. And because it's the Super Bowl, I'm going to have to go with a super analogy here and, and try to follow along with me, Jason. I don't know if you ever saw the movie Inception. It's Christopher Nolan. It was about, you know, living in a dream world and doing all these things while you were, uh, you know, infiltrating people's dreams. But they had these things called totems where, you know, it was either a pair of dice or it was a top spinner um, where you would spin it. And if it fell down, you knew you were in the real world. And that's how you stayed sane. And, and if, if it didn't fall down or if the dice didn't come up snake eyes or whatever you set in your mind, uh, you knew you were dreaming. So here's my totem for the Super Bowl. If I am not taking Tom Brady to win a Super Bowl when he is getting points in a home game on his home field, I'm living in a dream world. And as much as it hurts me to bet against Patrick Mahomes, because I think I picked the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. And I've been on this team for two straight years now. I picked them last year. I thought they were going to make it, and I thought they were going to win it at the beginning of the year. But I'm convinced Brady has really done something to me that I just, I just don't – I can't go against him. I mean, he just keeps winning. This team is just – so much better than I think we thought when he came and played at Soldier Field and lost, you know, as a local connection to Bears fans. He just blew through Aaron Rodgers, and that team looked, un looked unstoppable. Now he gets to go home and sleep in his own bed, drive to the stadium, and play in the Super Bowl where he's been five times and just absolutely 
uh, has written rewritten the record books in terms of his postseason performances. So it's a close game. I mean, it's a three-point game. It seems like we've been betting on three-point games for the last two and a half rounds of the playoffs. It's going to be a close one. It's going to be a lot of offense. I think the over is a great look in this game too. I think a lot of people are going to be taking that. But I just can't go against Brady again. I bet on him against him a couple times in this playoff run already, and I've lost every time. I can't see a situation where Tom Brady uh, it just drops so far off in, in a playoff series, a playoff run where he's looked so good. So give me Brady. Give me the Bucs. Um, I, I can't believe I'm going against Patrick Mahomes. It feels unnatural. But I think I'd be kicking myself if I realized that I had an opportunity to bet on one of the best Super Bowl quarterbacks of all time, getting points as an underdog on his home field, and I didn't take it. So give me the give me the Bucks. All right, John Spataro locked in. Take the Bucks plus three. Me, me, Jason Gotch. I look at this one. Look, I, when I, I look at a football game, I look at the quarterback and I look at the line play. And on the lines, I don't think there's any doubt about it. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers have a better offensive line than the Chiefs. They got a better defensive line than the Chiefs. Plus the line here, the betting line, almost looks like a sucker's play because the Chiefs are so hyped. The Buccaneers played three road games to get here. Yeah, they got Brady, but he's 43 years old. Most people think, and they're probably right, that Mahomes is the better quarterback at this point. And the Chiefs are only favored by three. That's because I think the real insiders know something here. If you watch these teams all season, uh, the Buccaneers, like John said, they're at home. It's a great play on their own field. Not that you're going to have the home crowd behind you, just the, the familiarity with the stadium, the whole setup. You can sleep in your own bed going into this game where you're not on the road or anything like that. Plus, the Chiefs are going to have to travel late in the week to get here. They weren't there early in the week like normally was the case. Andy Reid was talking about that. So I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers get it done. I think I'm taking them plus three, and I think they actually win this Super Bowl outright, and I think it's a high-scoring game. It's not like that Rams – Patriots game a couple of years ago or the the 49ers game against the Chiefs last year. The scoring didn't pick up until the fourth quarter of that game. I think this is more like Eagles versus the Patriots a few years back where it might be last one to touch the ball wins. But I think it's going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers taking home the Vince Lombardi trophy. Take them plus the three. If you've got a little guts, take them plus the 140. And I'm going to take, again, the over of 56. Also... MVP, it's easy to look at Brady if you think that the Buccaneers are going to win the game. But I'm going to go Leonard Fournette, 40-1 to 1 to win the MVP and get some great odds there. It's a long shot, but, uh, you know, you put five or ten bucks on it, you got a chance for a big payout. And if you go back to the beginning of the show, the reason I said orange uh, Gatorade or whatever Powerade drink they're pouring on the coach is going to be orange, it's because the Buccaneers color one of the main colors for them is orange that's why i think it's going to be orange it's going to be the buccaneers a sunday down in tampa real quick john before we get out of here do you want to give an official mvp pick or do you just kind of want to leave it you look at pierre uh pierre paul's a long shot yeah i think that's going to be my recommendation um obviously brady is a good pick if you'd like leonard fournette too to score a couple touchdowns but uh i i don't have the odd sheet in front of me for pierre Paul he might even be unlisted because it would be so unprecedented but you never know he could have five sacks in a game and really disrupt Patrick Mahomes Pierre Paul Jason Pierre Paul 75 to 1 to win MVP so you might want to take a look at that one and then write a thank you letter to John Spataro he's John Spataro I'm Jason Gotch this is State Lines some good news for you this is not the end of our show for the year we're going to come back real soon talk about some off-season football odds, plus a lot of things going on betting-wise in other sports. So look for us real soon. And equally important, enjoy Super Bowl 55. Everybody have a great week. This show is for entertainment purposes only. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER.